0: Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. And your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Oh, get buckets, Otto Porter, all, night, all night, On Twitter, at Locked On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore pep. People have their opinion. What that, other falsehoods what are out there? A lot of the perception things about us. Are players buying in, Jim? I. Yes. Fair enough. Rebuilds are difficult. Sometimes it takes years and years. I still believe, given a a really good offseason with this draft pick that we have coming and with our ability to to get some veteran players in here alongside these young guys, we we can make a substantial leap. Kick back. Relax. Locked on Bulls starts now. My job is to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And these guys are men. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck, host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago, following every Bulls game this season. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us at Locked on Bulls, and you can follow my co host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. Find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash locked on shy Bulls. And as always, you can hit us up on that text-to-voicemail line for mailbag content every week. That number is 331-979-1369. Or shoot us an email, lockedonbulls at gmail.com. Jordan out today. I'll be holding down the fort, kicking things off on a fresh week of Bulls action. Lots of games on deck this week, Monday, Wednesday, and a back-to-back Friday, Saturday First on deck, a rematch against the Milwaukee Bucks, who the Bulls lost to in a spirited effort, uh, but another disappointing fourth quarter just a few days ago. Ryan Archidiakono, guarding reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was fun. Let's see if Jim Boylan tries that again tonight. Uh, a few things wanted to get to on today's show. First off, a couple of injury updates. Um, on some notable pieces, most importantly, Otto Porter Jr., but also backup center Luke Cornett uh, just got another update on him uh, earlier today. Uh, He's out with an interesting injury, if you call it that. Uh, Also wanted to give my thoughts on another Bulls loss over the weekend. 117-111 was the final to the Kyrie Irving and Karis Levertless Brooklyn Nets. Another frustrating loss in a winnable game for the Bulls. And then I wanted to wrap up today's show touching on uh, a couple of interesting thoughts from our friend Darnell Mayberry and his latest work covering the Bulls for the Athletic Chicago so first up on deck some notes and updates regarding this team's health Otto Porter Jr. has been sidelined for I believe four going on five games now with what they are calling a sprained left foot And over the weekend, we got another update from Bulls head coach Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan said, and this is according to Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago, Casey Johnson. Jim Boylan said he hasn't heard the word surgery mentioned. And he did use the word weeks when asked if starting forward Otto Porter Jr. would miss weeks or months. Still not a great sign. Usually we hear day to day from the Bulls when it comes to what we believe to be minor injuries. But right now we are hearing weeks instead of months for Otto Porter Jr. I guess that's a good sign, but still not great. Here's a quote from Jim Boylan. Otto's is a slow process, meticulous process. As symptoms subside, he gets better. Some days those symptoms are less, and some days they are the same as the day before. So that's where that's at. He's working at it. He's trying. Again, this is a tough one. It's not a definitive thing. I'm sorry, I don't have more answers for everyone. We're just trying to do the best we can with it. End quote from Jim Boylan. Pretty vague. Very vague, in fact. A sprained left foot. We've also heard Boylan, you know, in in other updates, uh... Older updates than than this one, talking about it being like a you know a, a soft tissue issue, and that those can be you know problematic. Um, look, as, as far as Otto Porter Junior.'s like career scope, yes, he is a player who has battled with various injuries, nagging injuries throughout his career, and has missed considerable games in many of his seasons. But m- what we've known about as far as the, the injuries in Otto Porter Jr.'s rear, rear view mirror are mostly attached to that ongoing hip issue that he has had throughout his career. So this sprained left foot thing is new, but also worrisome when you hear Jim Boylan talk about it the way he does. And, you, you, you know, the, the other interesting thing is Boylan being almost apologetic knowing that he's being vague about it. So what, I mean, what does that mean? Some days the, the the symptoms subside and then some days they're back to being the same level that they were before. Like, what again, what the heck does that mean? And in Otto Porter Jr.'s absence, here we are having to watch Chandler Hutchison do his best being inserted into the starting lineup not long after coming back from his own hamstring injury that kept him out all of training camp. And he is... A starter since Otto's absence, but he's not playing starters minutes. He's only, you know, 20, 21, maybe twenty three minutes a game. And and Boylan has been ignoring him in the fourth quarters for the most part. Notably when the Bulls coughed up a winnable game to the Bucks and the Bulls got out rebounded seventeen to nine in the fourth quarter when Boylan had a four guard lineup out there, with Archie, as I previously was joking about, guarding Giannis. Through the first three quarters of action, Hutchison had seven rebounds in that game. And Hutchison was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter. Just another recent example of Boylan's rotations being questionable at best when it comes to why this team is losing and where the the fingers of blame are being pointed by the coach himself after these losses. So that is... Obviously the biggest impact of Otto Porter Jr.'s absence. And as we began this season looking at this team's depth, and Jordan and I talked about it. We've had plenty of our our, our listeners, you know, texting and calling us talking about what this team maybe missed out on in their off season moves adding to the roster. You know, they they added Saturansky and Kobe White two more backcourt pieces in the draft and free agency. They added another veteran front court piece and Thaddeus Young. But if there was one point of worry on this roster and its depth, it was that wing spot. And God forbid Otto Porter Jr. gets hurt because there's no depth behind him. And the Bulls, despite plenty of fans wondering why they didn't make a certain move to add depth when they decided to bring back Ryan RG and Shaq Harrison when they could have added a wing a real wing to this roster's depth and chose not to. Well, here we are. Otto Porter Jr. has a vague injury that has him sidelined for the last four or five games with no specific concrete timetable set for his return. All we have heard from Boylan is that he thinks it is weeks instead of months. And that is, I guess, supposed to be good news. But hey, this is the Bulls, right? Who knows? Denzel Valentine last season was day-to-day through training camp before sitting out the entire season, playing zero of 82 games. This team, even recently, already on in this early portion of the season, hid from the media and the fan base for two weeks the fact that Markkanen was playing through an injury. Same team that a few years back did not disclose to anyone until Bobby Portis, then Chicago Bulls forward, said well into the offseason, well, yeah, I was playing the last 30 30 games or so of that season with a severe burn on top of my foot that was really hindering my game. Didn't hear anything about that from the Bulls coach, the Bulls PR, the Bulls medical staff, the Bulls front office this is a repeating pattern of Bulls fans and media having no clue what's going on with injuries that these players are working through. Oh, but we, we value communication. It's one thing that our organization takes pride in. It's strong, open lines of communication. Except when we're being, you know, opaque and, uh, and purposefully dodgy when it comes to answering questions that the media and the fan base has about what's going on with our players. Then, then, then you know, communication, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> it would be funny if it weren't so sad. So, who knows when we will see Otto Porter Jr. again. But the latest update does not sound good. And it looks like he will be out for at least another couple of weeks. Maybe a pleasant surprise. He'll... His symptoms will subside instead of going back to where they were before. This vague explanation that we're getting. But right now, this team is missing out of Porter Jr. And it's no surprise. We all worried about that coming into the season. Here we are. We're dealing with it and it's going poorly and we don't have a concrete answer about when he will be back. Same shit, different day, different year, different season, different player. And the other less notable injury update that we had earlier on Monday is that Bulls backup front court man Luke Cornett, who was a part of Boylan's ten man rotation early on this season and has since been removed from rotation, is out. I think we said, I think we heard seven to ten days at least before he'll be reevaluated because he had surgery to correct a sinus obstruction issue uh, that actually stemmed from a broken nose he suffered while he was a member of the New York Knicks last season, December 2018. So there's that. And I, I, I've seen some Bulls fans on Twitter reacting to this news saying, well, okay, Cornet's out, kind of a weird thing, you know, sinus obstruction, not a typical injury for an NBA player, but does this mean anything for Gafford? The Bulls also recently announced on Monday – via their official Twitter account that they have recalled Daniel Gafford, the second round rookie from the Windy City Bulls. He's been going back and forth between the Bulls and Windy City pretty much for the last couple of weeks. But seeing as Cornette has been removed from the rotation before this uh, sinus issue presented itself, I don't see this having any impact on Daniel Gafford and his lack of minutes. For whatever reason, What Boylan has seen in practice from Gafford, and perhaps also recently his performances with Windy City, which have been fairly impressive, but again, you know, the G League is the G League. Whatever Boylan and his staff is seeing leads him to believe that he cannot help this team and does not deserve a spot in the rotation. He shrunk his rotation from 10 to 9 without Cornette, and I don't think... Unless anything drastic happens or another injury happens, God forbid, that we will see Gafford earn a real spot in this rotation anytime soon. And, of course, the, the reasonable question that a lot of Bulls fans are asking is, could it be any worse than some of these small ball lineups that Jim Boylan's putting out there that are getting destroyed on the rim, that have no rim protection whatsoever? I don't know. They must have some reason for believing that Gafford would not help this team right now. So despite this update on Luke Cornett and his injury, I, I would be surprised to see Gafford get any run as a direct result of that. So not great news across the board as far as this Bulls team and their the health of their roster. Cornett, apparently, you know, based on the negative impact he had when he was in the rotation on the floor is obviously not a big deal. Otto Porter Jr. is the much bigger deal, and it's very concerning that we really don't know what the hell's going on with him. So that's that. Now, let us move on to another disappointing loss to the Brooklyn Nets. Before we do that, though, real quick, just wanted to remind all of our Locked On Bulls listeners that if you are a diehard Chicago sports fan through and through as I am as Jordan is that you should check out all of our other Locked on Chicago shows Locked on Bears with Lauren Cox I am personally still devastated and depressed following that disgusting display on Sunday Night Football basically a nail in the coffin loss to the Rams who were doing everything they could to give that game to the Bears I am just despondent and beside myself as I sit here on Monday but all the same, check out Lauren Cox with his Locked on Bears. Uh, great contents uh, for, for Bears fans who maybe, you know, are in a misery loves company kind of way. Bulls fans know how that feels too right now. But of course, also in the world of baseball, uh, listen to Locked on Cubs. Sean Sears does great work with that. And the recently added Locked on White Sox with 670. The scores Herb Lawrence. And speaking of 670, we also recently added Jay Zawaski to the Locked On Chicago family doing Locked On Blackhawks. Hey, at least the Blackhawks had a, had a productive weekend. They outscored the Bears this weekend, 11-7. to 7. <laughs> so, so I guess that's something. Uh, but so check out all of those great shows in the Locked On Chicago family. Another disappointing loss the Bulls suffer to the Brooklyn Nets. Another home loss, 117-111 was the final. Bulls talked about being a better team at home this season after they had a franchise-worst nine home wins last season. So far, hasn't been much better. And after the game, we had to listen to Jim Boyle and talk about the the fact that he was disappointed with the way that they started in this home game against a mediocre at-best opponent. The Bulls outscored 30-19 to by Brooklyn through the first 12 minutes of that game. And Boylan saying that that was a, a big reason for the eventual loss. Saying you know th- that's something that that they need to take more pride in getting out to better starts in the first quarter of a home game. Well, that has not been a regular issue this season. The Bulls have actually been a pretty strong first quarter team, as our buddy Mark K of Bulls HQ pointed out after that loss to Brooklyn and those questionable comments from Jim Boylan. Here are the Bulls' rankings of net rating per quarter so far this season through that loss to Brooklyn. They are the fifth highest rated team in the league in their first quarter play. Their net rating in the second quarter falls dramatically to 20th in the NBA. Their net rating in the third quarter, 23rd. And the net rating in their fourth quarter's 27th this team gets worse as the game goes on and it is hard to not look directly at the coach with numbers like that and we will get to more of Jim Boylan a little bit later but this was another example of a game where the Bulls fall apart In the fourth quarter they bounced back from that bad first quarter and outscored Brooklyn 37 to 20 in the second to take a lead into halftime the third quarter was okay Brooklyn took that third quarter 24 to 22 but here we had another catastrophic fourth quarter from the Bulls they allowed a season-worst 43 opponents points in the fourth quarter to Brooklyn to a Brooklyn team with no Kyrie Irving and without their third leading scorer, Karis Levert 43 to 33. The bulls lose the fourth quarter. The bulls lose another game. And I mean, more of the same Zach Levine did have a, a high powered scoring night. He finished with 36 on 11 of 24 shots. Good for him. He got to the free throw line and hit 11 of his 12 free throw attempts. Didn't have a great lot night behind the three-point line. Three of 10. The Bulls as a team did not do all that well. Nine of 39 for 23.1% behind the three-point line. But guess what? Brooklyn did not win that battle. Brooklyn was 10 of 43 for 23.2%. The Nets made 27 of their 31 free throw attempts. The Bulls made 38 of their 41. So the three-point shooting was bad across the board and a wash. Bulls won the night at the free throw line by double digits. They won the rebounding battle by double digits. 56 to 40. That's usually one of the main culprits of this team losing. But then you look at Brooklyn's overall field goal percentage, 45.5. The Bulls, 35.2. The Bulls as a team only had 15 assists in this loss to Brooklyn. The offense once again looked stagnant and lifeless and confused down the stretch of a game. Zach Levine was asked some pointed questions afterward about maybe just kind of looking to do his own thing. Uh, create his own shots when the offense starts to falter and his response was I think honest and interesting and at some point even though right now we all know looking at the numbers that Zach Levine is not a net positive player for this team because his defense despite what he told us leading into this season tired of people talking shit about my defense is so bad that even though he's pouring in 36 points and is one of the few people and few might be generous on this roster who can create his own shot and go get a bucket when the Bulls need a bucket but it's not enough the Bulls defense flailing aimlessly again giving Brooklyn all kinds of wide open looks the Bulls defense and the Bulls offense falter down the stretch and they cough up another winnable game it's more of the same. Different night, different opponent, more of the same. Markinen, another underwhelming night. Only 10 shots from the field. Ghosted in the second half, again. Wendell Carter had a nice night. Another double-double. He's been pouring those in regularly: 18 and 14. But he fouled out. Fouled out because he's getting abandoned and he's being asked to do a lot of the dirty work on the defensive end when his teammates hang him out to dry. Zach Levine being one of the biggest culprits. Kobe White fouled out off the bench. And Kobe White, despite all the love he's getting from Bulls fans, and when he plays well, I love it too. This kid's exciting. He's got a bright future. But other than these couple of, you know, bright, shining games, he backed up the Knicks game with another pretty solid game against Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Hit six more threes after the franchise record seven threes in a quarter against New York. 29 minutes, three of 13, one of seven behind the three-point line. Seven points. To his credit, he did have nine rebounds. Good for him. But this was another bad night for Kobe White. And I'm sorry, I do not think that putting Kobe White into the starting lineup is going to fix anything with this offense. I certainly don't think Kobe White being inserted into the starting lineup is going to help the, the drought, the slump, the whatever is happening to Markkinen is happening to Markkinen. I don't think Kobe White starting is going to help that. Kobe White's usage percentage as a rookie is higher than rookies of, of recent Bulls years past, like, oh, Derek Rose, Luol Deng, Ben Gordon. His rookie usage percentage higher than the respective rookie season usage percentages of his teammates, Zach Levine in Minnesota, Lowry Markin and Wendell Carter Jr. in their respective rookie seasons with the Bulls. His usage percentage is the second highest on the team behind Levine's. And you want to put him next to Levine out of the gate in the starting lineup? That, if, if anything, that pushes Markkanen further into this oblivion of where the hell is Markkanen and this team needs to do a better job of getting him touches. He needs to be more aggressive. Again, talked on recent shows about how it's not all, it, we're not absolving Markkanen of guilt here. Some of it's a shooting slump. Maybe he's playing through an injury. We're sitting here saying, how does Markinan only have 10 shots? How does he have multiple games the season with fewer than 10 shots? How the hell is that possible? And what do we do to fix it? Putting Kobe White in the starting lineup, that doesn't fix it. And Tomas Sadoransky, yeah, he's been kind of a disappointment so far. He is, after a slow start, the best three-point shooting player on this Bulls roster, 45.5%. He's smart. He makes smart decisions with the ball. He's a strong passer. He's got the best, I think, court vision of anybody on this team. But we also have heard recent comments in Casey's latest for NBCSupportChicago.com that he and Boylan have talked about him needing to be more aggressive. Sadoransky needing to look for more of his opportunities to score because he's been pretty pedestrian. Others, Other than the occasional pretty passes every night, Sataransky has failed to live up to the expectations of a guy that they went out and targeted immediately in free agency to be this team's starting point guard. So there's issues across the board. But the biggest issue to me is this repeat behavior of the Bulls getting worse as the game goes on. Losing fourth quarters routinely With the same mental mistakes, the same unforced errors, the same questionable rotation decisions from their head coach, Jim Boylan. Winnable games, bad opponents, fourth quarter collapses, and nine losses through their first 13 games. It's ugly. It is very ugly. Speaking of ugly... Last thing I wanted to touch on before we get out of here, Uh, I mentioned Darnell Mayberry's latest for the Athletics. Some really interesting thoughts he had in that one, and I want to get to a couple of them in particular. Um, Before we do that, just wanted to give a quick shout-out to one of the sponsors of today's show, MyBookie. You can use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA and my bookie will match fifty percent of your first deposit. If you're listening on the go, and if you can't visit my bookie right now, you can always find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com/slash/offers. That's lockedonpodcasts.com/slash/offers. All right, now before we get out of here for the day, I mentioned that I wanted to touch on a few items in the latest from Darnell Mayberry, who covers the bulls for the athletic, this one, uh, this column titled Mondays with Mayberry 13 thoughts on the bulls. Disappointing first 13 games. Darnell touches on a lot of different issues in this column, including Boylan, not helping the team win, but perhaps preventing them from winning in some of these games, Markin and slump, the bad team defense, Zach Levine's bad individual defense, uh, Satoransky needing to be more aggressive Kobe White struggles uh, a lot of different stuff in this column and a lot of it's very good well all of it's very good but uh, the 12th and 13th points are what I wanted to touch on and I wanted to just read uh, a quick excerpt from this uh, just in case some of you out there aren't subscribed to the Athletic Chicago and, uh, and can't get its great content so item number 12 in Mayberry's latest feels like another season of beating bad teams as I read this um, you know my I I felt a, a lump growing in my throat my heart sank into my stomach and I nodded along to just how terrifyingly real the situation is that the Bulls find themselves so here it is a direct excerpt from Mayberry's latest for the athletic this season's four wins have come against Memphis Detroit without Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson, Atlanta without John Collins, and New York. Those teams are a combined 16 and 36. The Bulls are 0-5 against teams with winning records, and it already feels like we're in for a repeat of last season when the Bulls went 7-40 and 40 against teams 500 or better last season and 15-20 and 20 against teams below 500. What that amounts to As we saw last season, it is meaningless victories in which the Bulls are simply worsening their lottery odds by helping their competition rack up losses. Nothing good comes from conquering the bad teams unless the Bulls can also compete against their share of good teams. So far, they haven't been able to, and last season's trend could soon start being costly once again. This should scare Bulls fans. It sucks that we already have to think about this. And don't get me wrong. I found very little joy in being the commander, the captain, the whatever you want to call it, of the tank train last season from an early point. Basically, as soon as they fired Fred and Jim Boylan took over, I thought, I believed wholeheartedly that it was in the team's best interest to lose as many games as possible the idea of them being a a competitive team over with all the various injuries and the G league roster. They trotted out there winning games, pointless evaluating Jim Boylan's coaching ability with that G league roster pointless. Lose, lose, lose. It sucks that that's the system that we have with the NBA draft lottery and It sucks even more that they have recently adjusted those odds to trying to prevent the tanking, and we saw what we did last season with the Pelicans miraculously getting that number one overall pick. But what if the Bulls had a few less wins over bad teams that ended up with higher percentages and higher rankings in the draft lottery than the Bulls did? What if? Really glad we won that quadruple overtime game against the Atlanta Hawks, right? Really glad that we had a 15-20 and 20 record against teams that were sub-500. Really helped us out. This isn't a knock on the Bulls' eventual 7th overall pick, Kobe White, who I am pretty excited for. I think he's got a bright future. Are there people that went one through six that I would rather have on this roster? Yep. Absolutely. So here we are. The Bulls are four and nine. A lot of basketball left to play. And there could theoretically be a turnaround at some point. Markinen comes out of a shooting slump. The oblique feels better. Maybe there's some back issues going on. Maybe they're not. He starts looking more like the Markin that Bulls fans love and not the ones who we fear is just the latest version of Danilo Gallinari. Zach Levine actually starts helping this team win instead of scoring hollow points in losses with his questionable at best decision-making late in games that the Bulls continue to cough up. He cleans that, some of that up. He cleans up the turnovers. He becomes a closer that this team desperately needs. All of these things are still theoretically possible. My faith in them happening is slim to none as long as Boylan is still steering this ship because the guy... The numbers are the numbers. The Bulls get worse as the games go on. That is coaching. Plain and simple. What looks to be more likely is that this team with the sum of its pieces being less than not more than the team as a whole is going to lose a lot of games to decent teams and good teams and great teams and they're going to win occasional games against bad teams that is exactly what they did last year who's ready to pick seventh again It's a scary, scary reality that we're in right now. I don't see how the Bulls turn things around if we keep doing the same stupid things over and over and losing to bad teams over and over. We're not even beating the majority of the bad teams thus far. We've beat four of the bad teams. We've lost to all the good teams or all the decent teams. And that is lining up for the Bulls with another unfortunate draft lottery night gearing up for disappointment who's ready to watch the Bulls win meaningless games in February March and April when the season's already dead in the water I'm not trying to be a super downer but as I read this from Darnell I I couldn't help but feel like he's making a very real very important point in that I know we're only 13 games into the season, but there are a lot of similar issues. And this feels like a repeat. Feels like a rerun. Where the Bulls are going to be close to 500 against bad teams and wind up in no man's land in the lottery. No growth. Regression for some. And another NBA draft night that has Bulls fans underwhelmed because we feel like we didn't get the cream of the crop. You see what Luka Doncic is doing right now for Dallas? The dude's like one of the five most efficient players in the league and he's a second-year player who's 20 years old. Don't get me wrong. I love Wendell. He's the lone bright spot in this roster right now. Would I rather have Luka? Abso-fucking-lutely I would. I defy any Bulls fan to argue the opposite. He's a star. He's an MVP candidate at 20 years old. This is the course the Bulls are on. Again, sadly. Which brings me to the 13th and final point in Darnell's column. Much more was expected from the Bulls this season, if not externally, then certainly internally. He talks about adding another top 10 draft pick, veteran leadership, complementary pieces to the roster, and expecting better and brighter things from Levine and Markkanen. Darnell continues. To this point, however, none of it has led to better results. Should this season now spiral, it seems excuses will be all too convenient in justifying why things didn't work out. The Bulls entered the season as the second youngest team in the league, starting small forward out of Porter Jr.'s soft tissue injury to his left foot now has him sidelined for quote-unquote weeks. It would be a shame if the Bulls pointed to those things as reasons for another disappointing season. Surely there is only so many times a team can pin its failures on youth and injuries, right? This was supposed to be the season the Bulls became competitive, the year they began challenging for the postseason. Instead, we're watching more disheartening defeats and wondering when and how the Bulls will find their way out of the wilderness. If this ends up not being the season, Let's hope the men in charge leave out the excuses and accept responsibility for not getting the job done. I can't put it any better than that, so I won't try. That's it for today. Bulls have the Bucks tonight. We'll see if they can do better this time. Let's see if somebody gets a chance to deck Eric Bledsoe for that Bush League stunt he pulled at the end of their matchup just a few nights ago until tomorrow Matt Peck for my partner Jordan Malley saying thanks as always for listening Bulls Nation I know times are tough but we'll always be here for you hit up that text to voicemail line 331-979-1369 I'll see you tonight for Bulls Outsiders following Bulls Bucks on NBC Sports Chicago take it easy Bulls fans peace out locked on Bulls a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.